And welcome back to another episode of the Midfield Battle. I'm joined here by, well, two guys who are not moving from their seat. They're enjoying where they're at with Isa and E. Nice to have you guys back. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for having us again. Looking forward to today's episode. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's, it's good to be on this seat. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but we added another one this time around. Another guy that, I mean, I guess it's part of the project. Like people that I'm meeting along the way. I mean, I met E last episode, a month ago, two months ago, whenever that was. Uh, I met Isa maybe, what, three years ago? Too long, too long already. And yep. I met Mark a month ago. Was that right? Sounds like right. Uh, yeah, yeah, around that. And I'm happy to have you here today. So let's welcome Mark. How are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah thank you so much, man. We met up uh, a month ago just talking about getting into football from a career standpoint. But uh, <laughs> in the end, much of the talk ended up just being about figuring out who we support and all that. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to chop it up. <laughs> Well, yeah, man, Mark, great to have you here and join us. And what we do every time with new people, new guests that come on this episode, it's uh, simply introducing yourself. So obviously your name, where you're from, where you're calling from, what's your favorite club, player, and your favorite jersey number. Because that, I think, gives us quite a bit of an idea to introduce yourself to everyone, and especially Sani, who are on the call. So all yours. Yeah, so um, my name is Mark Habib. Um, I'm, uh, originally from Lebanon. Um, normally I, I, I stay in Abu Dhabi in, in the UAE, but right now I am calling from Lebanon actually. And, uh, my, so my favorite club is, uh, Manchester United. I've been, uh, I've been a big fan, um, since about the, uh, since I was like around eight years old. Um, and, uh. And yeah, so I, I, lately, I would say my favorite player um, has been uh, Sancho. It's not, uh, I, I would not say it's been a smooth ride so far. And uh, I don't think my bias is uh, based on how he's been playing, but I, th- I still think he has a lot of potential. I think, uh, I think he, he, there is, he has some, um, level of skill and and intelligence that that just translates into any game and so i think with some time hopefully it'll work out um and uh in terms of my favorite number uh i would i would not say that i have a particular one um i just like to use um number 29 um in a lot of my stuff so I, I I guess I like the number twenty nine. It's just uh, my birthday. So yeah, I'll use that. I'm trying to think of number twenty nines. I thought it was because of one we sacked. Kai Havertz, man. Kai uh, no, Havertz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say the best. <laughs> yeah, I would say the best example was Mbappe when he first broke out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, PSG. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, no, I would I would not say there's a lot of players that I rate with the number twenty nine. <laughs> but yeah, man. So we're back here. I had a couple of interesting takes from this round of uh, round of sixteen of, of the Champions League, even on the Europa League side. And it was good to have again, like representatives, experts of the Champions League teams, but also on the other side, our little world of the Europa League, and see how that's going. And uh, E and Isa, both of you were in the episode last time with a bit of takes and predictions on the round of 16. So. Oh, 
Lord, let's not start with that. I mean, how, how, how was Leipzig doing? I mean, overall, I don't think it was too bad besides that, but I was... Yeah. I said Liverpool would have a chance against us and we just put five past them at Anfield. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. That was crazy because like Liverpool go 2-0 up in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I thought like Madrid were collapsing or... And then all of a sudden, man, they, just, they just hit five. They just hit five behind Allison. And yeah, man, like, what, what, what the hell is that? I was that? watching it with my friends, and we're all Madrid fans. We all just looked at each other. We're like, yeah, we're going to put like three past them. We're not we're that worried. And we're going straight into it. We have a big Chelsea fan and a big Madrid fan. And obviously, with, uh, is it tomorrow's matchup coming up? How do you feel about it? First of all, for the Dortmund game, I felt confident because no disrespect to Dortmund or their fans, they are a small club. <laughs> they, they, no disrespect. I, no matter how bad we are, we should be beating Dortmund. They are not good. They have, on paper, only Jude Bellingham and Kobel, maybe, who are like world-class players right now. Mm, respect yeah. Adiemi, bro. Adiemi is great, but he was not there for the second leg, so I can't comment on him. He, he destroyed us in the first game. Second game, he was not there. For Madrid, though, um, we're talking about the kings of Europe, the Galacticos, man. They they are unreal. Like the way they went to the Camp Nou literally a week ago and just put four goals on the counter-attack, even though Barcelona were pressuring them in the first half really well. They managed to make that Barcelona side crumble inside out. And I'm scared because we have Lampard as our coach. Lampard, who isn't... He's a Chelsea legend, don't get me wrong. I love him so much, but he's not a great coach. And um, I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about this game. I feel like it's either we're going to lose like 7-0 on aggregate or we win 1-0 somehow. Did you feel somehow. like this uh, last year when you faced them and that you're... No, no, you no. I know. I, f- I felt very confident that we're going to beat them in both times. Did both times? <laughs> yes. Very, even after losing 3-1 to them at bridge, I was still confident we'd beat them. It was uh, individual errors that caused us to lose that game. And if you look at XG and possession and everything, we outplayed them in both games. But we were very unlucky. Courtois was on his day. And the first leg, saving that Aspilicueta top right corner, banger. So it was closer. Let's say it was even. I would say it was even back then. But now, no way. I mean, even even though our midfield on paper looks much better than last year, and our attack somehow looks better on paper, they're not clicking. They're not clicking at all. You see the lack of uh, desire in this team. You look at Kai Havertz. I love that guy, but he is not, he's not playing. He, it's as if you put me in attack. We do the same thing. And, I, and I'm very slow, and I have a terrible ball touch, but I'd still be as effective as Kai Havertz. And you, you exited his month of March, so now he's done yeah. with his... Yeah, but you're forgetting Ramadan Kante is back and Thiago Silva's back. But I'm not I'm not gonna say oh Chelsea are gonna win. No, I'm just hoping we don't lose badly. That's it. How about you, Uri? Let's hear it from the Madrid side. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I see your Ramadan Kante and I raise you Ramadan Benzema, <laughs> who's had two half tricks in his last three games. Man is <laughs> crazy. Saying. Man is crazy, yeah. Yeah, but I mean like I haven't watched Chelsea much, but I know they you generate a lot of shots, if I'm not mistaken. Like you just get shots off. And yeah. that would be like a big thing that could maybe help you because we we tend to rely on Courtois a lot. 
and that's like we concede a lot of shots in general. So if Courtois is having a bad day, I wouldn't be surprised if something were to happen. But I'm definitely more confident heading into this than I was heading into the Liverpool game, to say the least. Um, we still have Vinicius, you know, we still have Benzema, Valverde. It's just a nice squad and they're pissed off. They just lost to Villarreal, so they don't like to lose two in a row. Even like, especially big games. When we lost the, the Classico before this one, I was actually telling everyone that we're going to win that classical, the semi-final classical for sure, just because we don't lose three classicals in a row. We don't lose that much. We don't lose two big games. So, yeah, it's just tough, especially when it's a big game. It's tough to go up against Madrid. But, you know, this is the first time I'm confident in a while. So I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I wasn't even confident last year and we ended up winning the thing. So let's just hope for the best <laughs> this year. <laughs> let's let's move on from the Chelsea and Madrid topic. I was yeah, going to suggest yeah. we look at the rest of the ties and maybe the Europa League as well because both of your teams are playing there. That is let's, true. Let's quickly go over prizes or predictions about the other games. I mean, I'm yeah. ready to dive into the Milan uh, Napoli or the City Bayern. I have a good one. I have a good one. I have a very good one. I think Benfica. I think Benfica win three zero over, over the two legs. Over. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, over the two legs. I think Napoli lose 4-0 over the two legs. Wow. Not a goal. Yeah. No, no goal. No, no, no. no goal. That, I think Tomori and Mainan will have the games of their lives. We're missing the mo- most important player. We're missing the most important player. Rafael Liao, man. He's going to destroy them. Did you see that game in the league? The 4-0 in, uh, in That game was a fluke, by the way. That game was a Kvara was fluke. shut yeah. down. Kvara was I, shut down. I'd actually like to, yeah, to it's, it's ask you guys game. what you what you guys thought of of the the first game the four uh, nil. Liao masterclass. Liao masterclass. Very simple. I actually Roma, think it's just mind games, man. Like, like Napoli would make lost that to give Milan the confidence to be like, oh, we're gonna win. It's funny to hear that in Italy they might think and play they're playing mind games. Like he might have lost that game on purpose. That would be crazy. I think it's nonsense. Uh, but, but yeah, there's no way. If anything, I, if anything, I, I, I might think it's the opposite. Man. I might think <laughs> it's the opposite in the sense that it's like Spalletti definitely would have wanted would have wanted to use that game as a as a test run. You know, to sure. try out maybe maybe he was trying out certain certain tactics that just didn't work out, and maybe he's gonna learn from it. But I, I do agree with the mind games thing, by the way, too, because <laughs> the Champions League it's it's about getting the better of your opponent, and you know, for Napoli this is a meaningless league game. They secured it pretty much. That's true. They secured the title, so losing a game to Milan isn't really that big of a deal breaker. And it's gonna probably want the play like it's gonna make the players want it even more now because you know we just lost four 0 to these guys. You have to go back there and get a, get your revenge. You know, go out there and win it. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a three 0 in the San Siro at the first leg. Damn, for Napoli. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know about that, man. I think Isa made a great point. Like, I think it's a massive game changer if Oziman is playing or not. I agree with you, Mark. That Simeone and even more so Raspadori. At the start of the season, when Oziman was injured for like the first month, uh, they still managed to play very well, if not even better in some ways. Like Napoli were, they were all cooking. And this game just showed for the first time since the start of the year, since January, 
that actually Milan can compete, especially when they're a bit of the underdog. They don't have to do possession. They don't have to do create much. They just have to counter all of what Napoli does. And they did a genius move. They put uh, Diaz out wide so that they had Diaz and Leao out wide and feeding their striker. And more importantly, they put Benacer, who's an extremely underrated player, man-to-man coverage on Lobotka, who out of all the players, I think is Napoli's most important player with how calm, cool, collected he plays and organizes everything for them. And uh, that was big because Napoli couldn't get the ball to the forwards even. Like, Kvara sure didn't perform as well. He didn't get the ball as much. It's not like Calabria played a great game against him. It was literally that they covered so well on, on Lubotka from the beginning. So it was difficult to create chances and Milan were all over them. We'll see. It's, it's interesting to see how that can go. But it's going to be an interesting game. We're trying to go watch it on Wednesday in Milan. And the atmosphere should be cool. That's for sure. Yo, that would be amazing. Oh, that's a guarantee. I have a friend that's going, by the way, if you need like any anything. Like he's a, apparently he's a Milan Ultra and he lives right next to me. What? But uh, oh my god. Yeah, like he, he has the season season tickets and everything. And I just saw him in the gym like two days ago. He's like, Yeah, bro, I'm going to Milan to watch the game. It was so hard to get because in fact they're doing this thing that it's reserved to Milan members at first and still is. So but the members they can get like up to four tickets each. So that that was huge but so we've been searching and searching and we're still trying to see if we'll manage to get in but we'll update you after wednesday i guess yo another question okay we've looked at milan napoli we've looked at chelsea madrid we're forgetting one of the biggest games of the champions league draw man city Bayern munich i want i want to hear i want to hear what everyone has to say for this one because i actually have no idea who i think is going to win that game because both teams, in my opinion, are extremely balanced and playing really beautiful football. Yeah, Mark. So, yeah, I mean, they're the top two favorites, by the way. So it's kind of nice seeing one of the top two just get eliminated this round. <laughs> but I I just think it's time for Haaland to get his revenge. You know, he's in his career against Bayern, he's played them seven times. He scored five goals and assisted one. But he lost every single game. So... Now that he's with a better team, he can finally like get over that hump that's Bayern Munich and just win it, man. I feel like City are actually just gonna go all the way and win it this year. I think I think you're not meant to know what's gonna happen in this game because I think there's a lot of, uh, of moving parts. Yeah, namely, of course, uh, uh, Tuchel recently joining, uh, replacing Nagelsmann at Bayern. From from City's standpoint, I think there's. City has a lot of um, uh, recently. There, I think they're they're kind of back on a roll. Grealish recently stepping up and being a main uh, being a main creative force for them. And I mean, when you're adding Grealish playing well on top of already, of course, De Bruyne, and then you have Gundogan controlling and dictating the midfield, and Rodri too, and then you have Mares on the other side. I mean, I think it's going to be really tough for Bayern to to come up with a game plan to stop, to stop what City does. But, I mean, if you want to bank on uh, on history, then maybe this is, this is where City, uh, you know, uh, chokes a little bit and, and 
and falls apart. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased as a United fan, but but I, I think it's going to be fascinating. That that's that I think that's the only guarantee you can have. For me, I would really like Bayern to win because I never want to see Manchester City lifting the Champions League. Personally speaking, but um, I think Grealish, like you said, is doing really well right now, and Haaland is just a robot, you know. And you have Julian Alvarez, who's also insane for his age, and Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri, and the quality in that team is. Scary. It's very scary. But you have to you have to look at Bayern and Tuchel versus Pep as well. Tuchel the did go on to beat him three times in a row in one month when he was the manager of Chelsea in 2021, if you remember. And it was in the Premier, Yeah, in the Premier League, in the FA Cup, and in the Champions League. He beat him three times cleanly as well. Like it was convincing games. Tuchel knows how to play against Pep. But has Pep changed anything? I think he did. He has Allen now who's a very different player than Kuna Guerrero. So, I don't know. It's the f- I, don't, I don't think you can predict this game. As much as you want to say, oh, this team looks good, this team looks good, you cannot predict this game. Both teams are insane. And both teams know how to create goals out of nowhere, if needed. You know, like one counter-attack and, oh, oh shoot, Bayern have scored a goal. Or, oh, shoot, City have equalized. You know, it's hard to predict this one, but... For me, I want Bayern to win, but I cannot say definitely who I think will win. And yeah, that's it. What about you, Roberto? I'm maybe just looking at it too simply. I think City are definitely the most informed team in Europe. And having all the pieces well connected, the fact of playing at home the first game can give them that win tomorrow and give them the edge going into Munich next week. So that would be good. If you had each and every one of you to pick a surprise prediction call it whatever for this round of quarters what would you say um it's not necessarily for the quarters but it's for the entire competition i can see benfica making it all the way to the final i think it's a good this is a good hot take to pick uh i think i think portuguese teams in general are 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 i think slowly improving and it's tough for us to really gauge them until we see them in the Champions League and Europa League and when they play a couple of games. But uh, I don't know if you guys uh, watched that game, but it was Sporting versus Arsenal when they yeah. Arsenal got knocked out. Sporting Yo, that was, was very, insane, very... Man. Yeah, Sporting was very, very impressive. And then and I'm sure we're going to... Maybe we'll talk about them soon uh, when they're going to play against Juve. But... Uh, I I and I mean I know they're obviously they're two different teams, but if I see Sporting playing this well, and I know that Benfica is first in the league in the Portuguese league, then I'm kind of I'm gonna kind of base my idea on that. And yeah, I mean I can see Benfica obviously uh, I mean first beating Inter, uh, because they haven't been really uh, impressive uh, this year. And then, yeah, it, it would pro- it would definitely take an upset to beat uh, Napoli or maybe Milan, but, I mean, I could see it. Roberto? Yeah? I want to ask you a question now. Since we've covered the Champions League, let's look at the championship equivalent of Europe, which is the Europa League. <laughs> your, your team and Mark's team plays there. I want to hear both you guys tell me why you think your team could possibly win that competition. Uh, in that case, I'm letting Mark go first. 
yeah, Sevilla might might be a, a tough matchup, but over the two legs, I'm confident. Uh, I'd probably be more worried about uh, Sporting than Juve uh, going through. Uh, and then, I mean, uh, Roberto Sim Roma. I think the 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 main fear factor as a United fan is Mourinho. <laughs> but uh, if we if we do if we do meet up, that would only happen in the final. Which would kind of be a, a a blockbuster final for 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 Europa League, but um, but yeah, it would. I I would be worried if I play, if we play against Mourinho in a final because we we know how good he is in those scenarios. Must win one game, able to to just shit house a win completely. But uh, but yeah, I, I, you go on, Roberto. I don't think we were favorites. Sure, maybe we were favorites, but I don't think we were supposed to have that comfortable um, win over Real Sociedad or not concede at all, especially in the second leg. But it uh, it was it was a good performance, and we're capable of doing that now. I think we have our toughest test yet with Feyenoord because they're cooking in the league. They somehow replaced their team, key players of their team from last year that made to the final of conference. And got even better. And they're going to be pissed coming to Rome because we beat them last year. And we have this little yeah. rivalry going on. But yeah, uh, sure. I don't know. We This maybe could be like some motivation for us to play well as well. And uh, you never know. But after that, I mean, we'll see. The pause, the thought of maybe facing Juve or, Lever- of, uh, or United in the final, it could be interesting. But I wouldn't go that far yet. Our gameplay yeah. isn't that good, but we have Mourinho and we have all the tactics to to get a shit house win or or two. So that could be an interesting one. Do you have any hot takes for the Europa League as well, guys? I mean, I'm not the Europa League guy here, so <laughs> my hot take might be like a bit off. But but my real hot take is that Liverpool are going to win it all. Damn, they're going to win oh, the whole thing. Wow. They they. They've lost two I games in their you. last 11. And, you know, they have Xabi Alonso as their coach. I mean, that guy knows a thing or two about winning European trophies. I was I was actually going to bring them up uh, before uh, you guys wanted to talk about, like, hot takes. But, I mean, it seems like they might have some some threat. Florian Wirtz would be player of the tournament. Oh, so he is... A whole trend. So just, yeah, just following up on that. So all the Leverkusen believers, watch them. I'm out. Take screw you guys. I'm gonna have Union go over there. We're gonna bottle Union winning the entire tournament. Let's go. Um. Uh, by the way, you guys like. I, I, no one has mentioned this, but Juventus are also gonna be scary. I mean, they would have been second in the league if it wasn't for that minus fifteen point. It's they've been hot too. Like they only lost to. They they lost to Lazio last game, mm-hmm. but again, that's just the mind games. You don't count losses here. <laughs> you just do mind games, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they've been cooking too. And De Maria is he back? I'm I'm not sure if he's well, back. Maria, but if he is, he's going to be. Has been in and out of his freezer for the whole season. The whole first part <laughs> was clearly kept in the freezer, like oh, I'm injured or something. When it was obvious, he was doing the reverse national team thing which uh, he was keeping himself fresh. And no wonder he, he was 
way more important for Argentina. And not even as much. Like, sure, yeah, of course he was very important but in the build-up, but then quietly started playing less and then reappeared in the final and played great. So props to him, planned it all right and for what mattered to him and to 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 his team, to his main team, which was Argentina. So Juve was just a training ground for him for that. Now he's still there. He played great against Nantes. He scored a sick goal and he's definitely Juve's best player when on the pitch. But I don't know. There's just so only something off about Juve. Like the years of Conte, they were great. They were always extremely solid and whatever. They're not as solid defensively anymore, and they don't have the midfield that they used to have. I'm I'm gonna be real with you, Roberto. Players nowadays will want to play in the Prem or Real Madrid or Barcelona. These are the only teams they're attracted by. Which is true. If you look, like they go to Italy maybe as a stepping stone to go to bigger teams. You know that it's which is wrong because you look at the likes of Milan and Inter and Napoli and Roma. They all have rich histories and beautiful fan clubs, like fans. I mean, sorry. And, like, they deserve to have world-class players stay with them, like, not use them as stepping stones. I'm certain, for a fact, Rafael Liao is using AC Milan as a stepping stone club. Yeah. He's not going to stay there. He's going to go to one of the La Liga clubs or Man City. Chelsea. No, no, we have too many wingers, man. Too many wingers. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think we got him, too, to be honest. We're probably going to get Haaland. You said Qu- you, I remember you told me Kvara. You were interested by the idea of Kvara. Oh, yeah, and Guevara is a Madrid fan, and, you know, Guti, the Madrid legend, sent him a letter and, and a signed T-shirt. Yeah. So I think at you this can point, see, coming. You can see, no, none of these guys are going to stay in Italy or, like, a small club. Like, uh, it's unfortunate to say it, but they are small clubs compared to what the English That's league true. can offer or Madrid or Barca can offer, Napoli which is which is a shame, which is a shame. It's a very big shame, in my opinion. Napoli could win the Champions League this year, and Aussie men would be extremely happy for therefore move to Chelsea or United. Ooh, Chelsea know. in the championship. Exactly. <laughs> heard that just because, oh, it's England. It was my dream. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the money. Money talks, man. Money talks. Yeah, money and shouts. That's, that's what that's yeah. my uncle of mine said in Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys. This is all good. We could keep talking forever. Or we could just update after the quarters round. We'll definitely be keep, keep in touch. It's great having you, and yeah, let's follow these quarters and enjoy. Keep enjoying all the football. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yes, sir. It's been fun.